0: Good morning. Good morning, we have had a great time this week, we were seeing many of our old friends here, we enjoyed visiting, um, we had a great time at VBS, um, great group of kids and the workers were amazing, in fact the workers were so amazing that Sarah and I had a discussion about maybe kidnapping a couple of them and <laughs> taking them back with us, And um, but we enjoyed the kids, it was a lot of fun. And, um, and we like what you've done to the church here. It's beautiful. Good job, guys. It's very nice. And so we're happy to be here this morning. And there it is. We are Roger and Sarah Everett. And those are our kids. We teach at Hilltop Christian School. Hilltop Christian School has about 70 kids in it through preschool through sixth grade. And... Um, This is the first grade class and the third grade class. And you can see there's Mrs. Everett there and there's Mr. Everett over there. And um, just so you know where we are, um, here we are. This is... This is good. I can just come right up here. Here's, if you're looking, here's Albuquerque over here. If you guys know Highway 40 in Phoenix and Arizona. Phoenix is down there. Albuquerque is here. Flagstaff is right there. And here we are up on the reservation. Gallup is right here. And we are right on the border between Arizona and New Mexico. And this is one of Sarah's kids. So, Sarah, would you like to... Tell us about him.
1: Okay, I'm going to. Does this one? Okay, I'm going to give you a, a one minute version. <laughs> um, the kid. These these are most of my kids from last year, and the, the little short kid on the right in the red shirt, um, Batman. We, he um, he came to us, and he had had three teachers in kindergarten, so he really wasn't prepared for first grade, and I was kind of nervous about that. Um, but his his grade started coming up you know, pretty well. and But he wasn't really interested in the Bible at all. And well, that's because, you know, the families aren't really interested in the Bible. But his parents said, well, what can we do? We want his Bible grade to come up. So I I, knowing the power of God's word, of course, I said, well, I'm going to give you a Bible, a children's Bible, and I'm going to tell you exactly what Bible stories we're going to study. And then you can go home and watch a video about it and read the Bible about it. And I think that'll be fine. And of course, with her watching the Bible stories and discussing them with him, those Bible grades came up. But I mean, the the added benefit was that he was really getting the Bible in his heart, and she was getting the Bible in her heart. The father, he's more of a traditional, we'll see about this school type of thing. Um, he, he changed in so many ways. When he, um, mm-hmm. when he started getting the Bible in his heart, he would be sitting there in the middle of some random class, and he'd go, they were so mean to him, and I'd ha- it'd take me a minute to go, Yes. He was thinking about Jesus dying on the cross, and this was all new information to him, and he was just like thinking and pondering about it. It was so beautiful, and he would um, burst into song, but it would be Christian songs instead of some kind of video game songs, so we started to see a wonderful change in this boy, and at the end of the year, you know, we talked to the parents, are you going to bring them back, and the dad says, He's coming back. He's a changed boy, and he's happy here. And so that father is not even a believer, but he saw a change in that boy. And so praise the Lord. Um, There's one little victory that we had last year.
2: Thank
0: you. Got to go all the way back. We have a couple of videos that we would like to show you. The first video is of our school, so you will get to see a little bit about what the kids look like. And, um, and this one we did ourselves in-house. And the second video is a professional video that was done, which you can probably tell the difference, but it tells you a little bit about the Navajo. You can probably tell a lot of difference, actually, but it will tell you a little bit about the Navajo Nation. <music>
3: Hilltop Christian School is a part of Western Indian Ministries. The school is located in Sabanito, New Mexico, near the capital of the Navajo Nation in Wendell Rock. Hilltop provides the Navajo community with a school that delivers a complete Christian education, emphasizing strong academics and the truth of God's word. Students here experience God's love and interact with God's word, building a strong Christian foundation to become tomorrow's Navajo Christian leaders our Navajo students live in a dysfunctional society. Broken homes, broken relationships, broken people, and hopelessness surround them. We welcome each and every student the Lord sends to us and endeavor to fill their hearts up with God's love and fill their minds up with God's truth. The ministry is always challenging and often overwhelming, but it's kingdom work. If you want something beyond middle-class America, beyond your comfortable little world, we invite you to prayerfully consider joining us at Hilltop Christian School. Come, teach, and make a difference. Come and have an eternal impact on the Navajo Reservation.
0: They're cute, can you tell? <laughs> and so, yeah, we live we live technically in New Mexico. That's where the physical address of our house is. The Arizona border is a half a mile down the road, so we have an Arizona mailing address, even though we live in New Mexico. And when you think of Phoenix and Tucson and those kinds of places, don't think of where we are. Think more in terms of Denver, Colorado. We are on the Colorado Plateau, at 7,000 feet, so it's nice during the summer and cold during the winter. Okay, here is the second video.
3: For far too long, the stories of the past, the atrocities, the negative influences, all of those things have really impacted Navajo people and the way they look at life, where they're not dreaming about Bettering themselves, They're not dreaming about what they can do with themselves when they grow up. Youth today that we focus on,
0: they want to be at a place that they could just be themselves and a place to belong. The women here are very stoic on the outside, and on the inside they have just the same needs as every other woman in the world. Um, they have a need to, be, to feel safe, and they have a need to feel loved there is a place that they can feel themselves, they can be themselves, and that um, they're
3: loved. Western ministries get to service in many areas, whether it goes from youth ministry all the way to public outreach with, you know, the radio. Or the school, where we have 75 of the most incredible children that are getting a Christian education. They go home and they, they share the songs and the verses and the things they learned in school with their families, who many of them don't know Jesus yet being with the people, being a part of the people, and giving them that hope. We want to see native people empowered to be the decision makers. We want them to be emboldened servants. The Navajo Nation president and vice president, they've actually called on Western Indian Ministries to build up this missions movement that's going outward from the Navajo, from the tribes, out to the rest of the world. God has called them to be usable in His kingdom, and maybe that means being successful in business. It might be another pastor here on the reservation somewhere, or it might be making a difference in another part of the world. The mission gave me the the opportunity to go out to my own people. I want to give these men hope, and that hope is through the person of Jesus Christ.
1: The Navajos don't need a handout. They're strong and amazing and resilient people. But just like every people group, they need Jesus. Just like my people group, they need Jesus.
3: I'd like to invite you to partner with us. Would you consider joining our prayer team? We believe that prayer is so important. Maybe you'd consider being part of our financial support team. Your monthly gift would go a long way to help us. And maybe you'd just like to come for a visit. We'd love to show you how God is bringing hope and transformation to Native America.
0: Both those are recruiting videos, could you tell? (laughs) Um, This morning, what I would like to do is get into God's Word and... I would like to look at what God has called the church to do. And as we talk about what God has called the church to do, I would like to think about how that has been applied, how we have been doing that on the Navajo Reservation, so you'll have some good Navajo stories this morning. And, um, but also think a little bit about here and ourselves and what God wants to do in our life. And so to get started this morning, you may take your Bible, your phone, your tablet, whatever it is, and let's look at Psalm 67. Psalm 67, and, um, and let's just pray and ask the Lord to be with us now. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be together, and um, Father, we pray that you would be with us now. Father, we pray that your word would go out into our hearts, Father, so it's not just a matter of, oh, this is a really neat thing, but it's a matter of you speaking to us. Father, we pray that you do that this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Selah, that your ways may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase, and God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face shine upon us. This is back to verse 1 and 2. Selah, that you may know that you may be known on earth and your saving power among all the nations. This is a blessing and a prayer. The psalmist is right, a blessing to the people of Israel and to the whole world and also a prayer that God will do it, that God will make it happen. Um, And he is saying here that it is to all the nations. Notice that it may be bless us, and that your way may be known on all the earth. God has said, "I want to bless. I want to be." And this reflects this psalm reflects God's heart. God's heart is that He wants to bless all of the people, all of His creation. And it's not just a matter of Israel. It's not just a matter of the Christian church here in Waldorf this morning. His blessings, want he wants his blessings to go out to all the people. And when we specifically talk about the nations, he's not talking about a geographic point. It's not the United States and Canada and Mexico. He is specifically talking about ethnic groups. All of the ethnic groups that were around Israel at that point in time And he says to the Israelite people, God has blessed us. He is giving us a blessing for the specific purpose of blessing those around us. That is what we need to do. Um, he He says there that he is gracious to us. He blesses us. His face shines on us. That your way may be known. And the first thing we need to understand this morning is that God has blessed us for the specific purpose of making that blessing move on to the people around us. We are blessed to be a blessing. And to begin with, let's look at the biblical pattern. Okay, in Genesis 12, 22 and 23. What is it that God said? Here's the Abrahamic covenant. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. God has good things for Abraham. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples, the people groups on earth will be blessed through you. God is telling Abraham, I'm going to bless you, but you are also going to be a blessing to the world. And we can see all kinds of Biblical examples, if we briefly think about it, you guys could probably come up with these yourself. But Joseph, who was he a blessing to? He was a blessing to the Egyptians because God told Joseph, He said, Joseph, there's going to be a famine, and so you need to prepare. And so he was able to keep saving food so that the Egyptians did not have a problem when the famine came. Joseph blessed the Egyptians. Because God was working in him. And he was a blessing. As the Israelites left. They took with them the mixed multitude. Do you remember that? There were, not only was it the Israelites who left Egypt. But there were other people who came along as well. And once again we see God's blessing overflowing to the people around them. And we have um, Rahab. And Jericho, and you remember that story, and it's really interesting to see that Rahab was really the enemy. She was the enemy of the Israelites, and yet God worked in her life so that she was looking for something better than what the people that she was around had to offer and so she, became, she was blessed because the Israelites were able to bless her. She left Jericho, and she followed the Lord. And, of course, the other one is Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess. She did not belong to the nation of Israel, and yet God called her to himself. God sovereignly worked in her life, and she was blessed because of Israel and she was blessed because God was a God who was reaching out to other people and finally you know the story of Nahum I like all the stories because I'm a third grade teacher I love Bible stories but God reached out to the people of Syria there were lots of people that probably were sick in Israel and yet it was a Syrian who came that Elijah reached out to and said we want to make a difference in your life. And so God, again, is reaching out to the people around to bless them. And so Israel was blessed. God took care of them. And Israel was required, encouraged, to, work, walk, to go with the other people around them. And to be God's people god's blessing to them and when we think of um where we are today are we blessed i you know do i need to even say this but the answer is yes we are truly truly blessed as we look i just as i was looking up some stuff here um you know the world 71 percent of the world's population earns less than ten thousand dollars annually 56% 56% of Americans have uh, what is considered for the world to be a high income... ...because they earn $50 a day or more. That's 56%. And um, 7% of the world's population, 56 And, you know, we look at the stuff that we have... ...and we have lots and lots of stuff, right? Just thinking about all the blessings that we have. We have homes... Um, we have cars, and where do we park our cars? We park our cars in the driveway, because our homes, our garages are full of our stuff, and we park in our cars in the driveway. After we get back from going to our storage shed that we have rented to keep our other stuff, and so God has blessed us, and we have a lot of Things, cable TV, all 750 channels of cable TV we have to look with. And of course, we have smartphones, and um, so we can check on everything. And like even right now, you can check on the scores of the baseball games or whatever it is. Dinner out, you know, people in many countries just have barely enough to eat, and yet we have the privilege of going out and spending a lot of money when we eat out and of course ultimately what do we do we have retirement we think of retirement and we look forward to a time when we don't have to work so hard and we have all of those things God has blessed us with all of those things and we need to be thankful for those material blessings but even more than that what do we do we have freedom we are here this morning um, we are not needing to worry about, you know, is, are we going to get in trouble for meeting here? We have freedom to practice our faith. Um, we don't have to worry about being jailed for being here or telling people about Jesus. We don't have to worry about a knock on the door in the middle of the night because God has granted us that freedom. And so, because God has granted us that freedom to worship We have Jesus. And that's the ultimate value that we have, isn't it? That's the ultimate thing we have. Is we have Jesus. We have spiritual value. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing... And so we have all of these things as we need to sit here. So what is it? What are we supposed to do? You know, just like we've talked about the Old Testament, talking about what God wants them to do, we, above all people, have tremendous blessings in all of these areas. And it is our responsibility as a church to make sure that other people experience that blessing as well. To make sure that other people are involved in hearing about the Lord. To make sure that we are a blessing to those around us. And so, not only is it our responsibility as a church, but it's also our responsibility as as individuals to do that as well. Okay, so what are we going to do? Let's talk a little bit about some places where the blessings can go. O Lord Almighty and everlasting God, by your holy word you have created the heaven and the earth and the sea. Blessed and glorified be your name and praise be your majesty, which deigned, isn't that a good word? Which means God condescended to use us, your humble servants, that your holy name may be proclaimed in this second part of the earth here's the question do we have any history nerds out there who said that does anybody know anybody out there who said that Christopher Columbus Christopher Columbus said that upon landing in the new world he said we have come and look at that isn't that beautiful good theology talking about God and how great and marvelous and majestic he is And he has condescended to use us as his humble servants. What? That your holy name may be proclaimed in this second part of the earth. Christopher Columbus lands in 1492. And yes, he was there to make a lot of money. He anticipated getting all of that good stuff for the king. But also he understood that there was a broader plan in place that God had put there. And that broader plan was that the Native Americans, the people that lived in the new world, would hear... And know about Jesus. And so I want us as we look at American history. And we look at the American church. I want you to see that that is part of it. The the need for the Native Americans is recognized immediately. And the goal is let's make a difference in their lives. Here is the seal of the Massachusetts Bay Company, the very first one. Remember, Massachusetts was settled by the Puritans, the Pilgrims and the Puritans, and they came and they landed. And what is it? Can you read what this says here? I don't know. Can you guys see it? It's a long way away. It says, come over and help us. Okay? And that was specifically, and that is a Native American... And that was specifically designed to say that the Puritans recognized that the Native Americans needed God too. And they made that their goal right then and right there on the spot to say, yes, we are going to do something about the Native Americans. And that challenge remains for us today. The Native American people need to hear about God and they need to be able to Turn their lives over to him. Okay, so how are we going to do that? What are we going to do? First of all, that your way may be known on earth. Our first goal as we work with the Navajo people is to make sure that they know God's way. This is a third grade class verse. We learn this every year. Jeremiah 9:24. But let him who boasts, boasts in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. And we talk about in third grade, if you're going to brag about something, don't brag about how far you kicked the ball and kicked ball, how fast you ran around the playground. Don't brag about those things. Brag about this, that you know and understand God because that's what God wants all of us to do that's what God wants all of us is to know and understand him and so how do we know God And we talk about these things in third grade. This is my third grade lessons from the first week. It's great. Number one, we know God through creation. That's Monument Valley. How many of you people have been to Monument Valley? Some of you people have. It's beautiful. If you watch those old time westerns, that's where they filmed them. It's a beautiful place. And I will talk with my third graders about how we see God's perfect creation. And he was the one that made it. And so... We look outside and we look at the mountains and the trees around us. Where we live is beautiful. You're all welcome to come and visit us anytime. And we would be delighted to show you around. But it's beautiful where we are. And so we see the trees and we see the hills and the rocks and all of those things. And we say, look at God made those. And at the stars at night, look at God made those. God shows himself through his creation. Secondly, God shows himself through his son. Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God, okay? Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. Oh, we got the Bible up there first. We're out of sync here. Is that amazing? Okay, secondly then, through his word. Yes, God teaches us truth through his word. Um, The Navajo people are spiritual people, okay? They're a spiritual people. And Americans are what? We are materialistic. And so what has God done for Americans? God says to Americans, you want material stuff? I'll give you material stuff. And so we have tons and tons of stuff. And that you, God, Satan uses that to distract us from God and what God wants to do in our lives and the Navajo are spiritual people and so this Satan comes along and says you are spiritual people you want to be spiritual people here I'll give you this spiritual religion we'll talk about the spirits that are in the sun and the moon and the stars we'll talk about the spirits that are in the animals and the spirits that are in the trees and we'll think about the spirits and we won't think about Jesus And so the Navajo, as a spiritual people, are interested in spiritual stuff. But Satan has given them a counterfeit spirituality. And so we need to make sure that the Bible is understood by them as to be the truth. The Navajo have creation stories and they have stories about different levels of the earth and how they moved up through the different levels of the earth, we want to come along and say, here is truth, here is God's truth. God's word says this, And you need to know God's word so that you will be able to do what God wants you to do. And so we talk about those things with them. And then as we talked about also, God shows us through his son. Jesus is the ultimate revelation to us about what God is really like. And as we talk to the Navajo, you know, I will tell them, guys, you know what? Jesus was way more like you than he was like me. Jesus had your color of skin. He had that beautiful tan skin that you have. Jesus had a tribe. Jesus had a clan. Jesus knew all about sheep. And Jesus lived in a conquered nation. Jesus is like you. He understands you. And so we will talk about how Jesus is like them. And we will talk about how Jesus has lived to show them what they need to do. And we talk about, as we get to know God, we talk about his ways. And we talk about Bible stories. And we talk about all of those things so that they will have in their heads about God. And hopefully then they will begin to apply it to their hearts. Um, and so here's a challenge for you guys. Um, I just want you to think about that. How are you doing At getting to know God yourself. We talk about knowing God. How is your personal life? And how are the people around you? Do they see that you know God? Does your life reflect the knowledge that you have about God? And parents. Are you doing this with your kids? Not only is it our responsibility as a church to communicate that to the nations out there, but it's our responsibility to communicate that to our own families. And so I would challenge you this morning just to think, how are you doing in those areas? Are you growing? Are you knowing more about God? Are you teaching it to your kids? Um, Okay, let's next of all talk about knowing his saving power. That was the second thing. Jesus liberates us from slavery to sin and Satan's kingdom to freedom in Christ through regeneration. The Navajo Nation is dysfunctional. It's a dysfunctional, oppressed culture. There are broken families. There are broken relationships. And there are broken people. Here's some things just to know about the reservation 40% to 70%, depending on where you are on the reservation, live in poverty. One third of the homes on the reservation do not, as we speak, have electricity or plumbing. Unemployment runs 40 to 70%. Alcoholism is five times the national average. On the reservation. Native American suicide, highest rate of all ethnic groups, the Native Americans. Girls commit suicide at a rate of the general population of boys. Okay, the general population, the boy averages for the girls, and the boys are much, much higher than that. Most of the, it's most prevalent in the 16 to 24 age group which accounts for one-third of all deaths among the... This is Native American population, not just the Navajo, but the Navajo reflects that. And so they are struggling. They are having a very, very difficult time. Hopelessness abounds there. And the only hope is in Jesus. These people need to have Jesus. They need to be regenerated. They need to become new creatures, new creations... We had a girl who was who graduated from our school, and um, she seemed to be doing really well. She had graduated. She went on to Indian Bible College, which is up in Flagstaff, Arizona. She's studying Indian Bible College at Indian Bible College, and we get a call one time, one day, saying that she'd committed suicide. Because suicide is prevalent. It is so it happens so often that as a society, the Navajo society, is even hardened against it. It's like, you know, I had just another suicide, it's no big deal. And so she committed suicide. And here was this child, this girl, who seemed to be making a lot of good progress. And yet, at the same time, all of this other stuff that's happening on the res, all of the dysfunctional society around her, and she just couldn't handle it. And so basically, she she decided to check out, and it was easier to die than to live, which, of course, brings all kinds of problems to everybody else. And so to remind us about the fact that we are involved in a spiritual battle, There's no question about it. You know, when I was growing up in Southern California, we talked about spiritual warfare, and I was like, yeah, I I get it, I get it. But now that we're there on the res, we really begin to see that. Her little brother went to our school, and her little brother in first grade in Sarah's class went to Sarah one day and said, you know, my sister comes to me in dreams in the night and says, come and be with me, come and be with me. And that is satanic influence. We are involved in a spiritual battle there. We could talk more about other stories, but we'll save those for some other time. But Satan is alive and well in the Navajo Reservation. And we want to make sure that our kids see that God has more power than Satan. We want to make sure that they understand what God can do in their life. And, um, and, of course, we have some of those same challenges here in the United States, don't we? We live in a society that we've talked about the material stuff. We live in a self-actualized society where what really matters is what I think and what I feel. And as long as I am living with what I think and what I feel, I will be happy and everything will be okay. And, of course, we know that is a lie that comes from the pit of hell, just as much as the lies that Satan tells the Navajo people. Here's another quote. At the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. Anybody want to take a shot at who said that one? Are you guys awake, or are you just... Justice Kennedy, the, the Supreme Court decision about abortion. And what does he say? He says, this is America. We can decide what is really important. What is our concept of existence? And that is a society that we live in. And we're not going to go there because of all the implications for that, because you know them. okay? And so we live in a society that has that same sort of do your own thing, and we have turned our back on God. And we know that we will always be happiest when we are doing what God wants them to do. And so I'd like you to think again briefly just about yourself. You know, How does your life reflect the power of a changed life? God needs to come into the lives of the Navajo. God needs to transform them from their helplessness to transform them to hope. And we want to be involved in that. But our society around there, the people that are not here this morning, up and down that street out there, are living in a society that is a society that is pursuing self-interest. And is it working for them? The answer is no, it's not. And so we, as a church, as individuals, have the responsibility to make sure that we communicate with them That Jesus saves. That we reflect God's regenerative power in our lives. Just as we work on that with our kids at school. Um, And we really do that. We want them to see. I think modeling is really important. Mrs. Everett and Mr. Everett have fun together. And the kids see that. And we enjoy each other's company. And occasionally I will even sneak up to her and give her a big kiss. And... (laughs) <laughs> and all the first-graders respond correctly. They go, ooh, <laughs> And it's like, yeah, remember that till you're 30, and you'll be fine. And, um, and so we do that because we want them to see our relationship, and we want them to see how we get along with each other, because they don't have that on the reservation. They don't see that. Model marriages are not happening here. I've taught for four years, And in that four years, of all of the Navajo kids, I've only had two families that were the regular family with mom and dad married to each other and living together and raising their kids. All of the rest lived with one single parent with... Grandmas and grandpas, and, and all, a lot of these people are dysfunctional. They're living in alcoholic families. They're living with people who are doing drugs and all kinds of things. And so it's very, very difficult for him. And so for them, so we want them to see what it's like. And so you know, the question for you is, how are you doing? Are you modeling a Christian marriage to those around you? Can they look and can they see your life and say, "Wow, there is something I don't have." God wants to do that. God wants to reach out to the people around us so that we will be making a difference. We will be a blessing to them. And so what is the response? How do we do that? Um, Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Okay? For you judge the peoples with equity. And so our response is to sing for joy. That's number three. We tell them about Jesus. We tell them about salvation. And we respond by worshiping God. And saying okay. That's the only thing we can do. We come together and we look at what God does for us. And we say wow God. You are amazing. And so. Next of all then. The the next thing that we want to talk. Look at them briefly as we teach is. That God judges the peoples with equity. And. Justice is a very very hard thing in America we struggle with justice you know what is racial equity what what is the right thing to do for immigration for health care for distribution of wealth you know we could sit here and we could yell at each other for the next two or three hours as we had a discussion about that because we don't have all the answers but we know that God does God understands equity and in the nation of Israel the, the nation the Navajo nation I'm sorry the Navajo nation struggles so much with that with corruption There is, I was just reading in the newspaper, there's this community board that's elected. And this community board is for one of the smaller areas. They have chapter houses, which is kind of like counties, small counties in the Navajo Nation. And so they elect these people. And these people have been elected to the chapter house to be the board for the chapter house. And so they're the school board and they're the medical board and they are the chapter house board itself. And what do they do? They have spent... half a million dollars this year going to different seminars going to different conferences and that's what they do they take all this money and they just go out and they go to all of these different places that's the kind of corruption that the Navajo Nation lives in Um, we there was another chapter house president who um, got in trouble because he kept helping people that's his job to help people right so it turns out the person he's helping is his daughter he gives his daughter a car his daughter was in high school and going to a trip to washington dc so he gave her money to go to washington dc and so and his response was why what's wrong this i'm helping people and um you know the the navajo nation has been mistreated the navajo nation has been I don't know how much you're familiar. This is the 150th anniversary of the long walk. That where the, the people, the Navajo Nation was um, captured. Basically captured. And they were forced to walk over 300 miles to Bosque Redondo. There we go. Mrs. Everett's been on me to say that correctly. But um, that is... It was, it was a fort about 300 miles away from where they lived. They had to pick up all of their stuff. They were forced marched down there. And they lived there for three years. And at the end of the three years, they signed a, a, a treaty, which is what we're celebrating now, the 150th anniversary of that. And they got to go back to their country, to the land that they feel that their gods had given to them. And so the um and so they have been mistreated there's no question about it sometimes the mistreatment has been intentional and sometimes the mistreatment has simply been somebody trying to do something nice and 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 not being helpful because they don't understand the people and so as a nation they feel oppressed they feel like they need justice and where are they going to get justice from The only way they're going to get justice is through God's principles. And so they need to know, go back to the beginning, know God's ways. And as they learn God's ways, they can apply biblical principle to their nation. And then they will be able to have some justice. And they will be able to live um, in a way that's better than they're living now. And finally, they, want to, they need to experience God's sovereignty. God is the ruler. God is the ruler of everything. And they need to understand that. You know the story about Elijah. Elijah went to the children of Israel and said, Okay, guys, you have to decide. Who is God? Is God? the supreme God of the universe, or is God the other gods of the peoples around you? And they had a big contest, and you remember the fire came from heaven, and the people responded, God is God. God is God. We're going to worship him. And the Navajo Nation needs to have that same thing happen in their nation, and in their individual lives. They have a traditional religion. And the traditional religion talks about their gods and their spirits. They are very syncretistic. Many of the people ask, you know, are the Navajos Christians? or And the answer is, yeah, they're Christians. They're traditional. They're Christians. They're Mormons. They're Catholic. They're all of those things. Because they are syncretistic in what they do. And so... The Navajo people need to understand, no, you don't get all of this stuff. You get God, the God that made you. He is the one that is going to work in your life. And so we hope and pray that they will hear that and understand that. and in verses six and seven, the Earth. and this is the joyful promise that God gives. The Earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. And so as these peoples throughout the world, not just the Navajo, but all of the people, as these peoples throughout our community, come to know God they will experience the good things that God has. Let me tell you about Elijah. This is Elijah there. He's the one with the tie on. And um, he was in my classes last year. His dad graduated from our school. And I want to show you what it's like to have ministry with the Navajos. His dad graduated from our school. And he left then... And he knew God. He followed God. He was a vibrant Christian in our school setting. He gets out of our school and he starts living with a traditional, a traditional Navajo woman. She is not a Christian. He's living with her. They have a baby together. The baby grows up. That's Elijah. And the dad says, I want him to go to Christian school. So good, we have a good thing. He's a Christian. He, gets, he doesn't get married. He's living with a woman. Not so good. He sends his kid to Christian school. Good. And so um, he is sending his son Elijah to Christian school. And then he comes down with cancer. And he is struggling. And he is fighting cancer. And ultimately this last January he passed away. And as he is lying in the hospital, his, the non-traditional side of his family said, we want to bring in the medicine man. We want him to come, and we want him to do ceremonies. And Roland, that is the dad's name, said, no, we're not doing that. I am a Christian. I know where I'm going. I know I'm going to be with Jesus, and we are not doing that thing. And so, in his passing, it was a tremendous testimony to Christianity. His His um, service was just amazing. He told the pastor, he says, you go for it. And so the pastor did and preached the gospel. And and it was a tremendous, joyful time. And yet Elijah now doesn't have the Christian influence in his family. And he has had some real struggles in the classroom. And so we didn't even think he was going to come back. We thought his mom would you know, say, no, we're not doing that. But he is. He's enrolled in school for this coming year. And so his story is not yet done. And we don't know what kind of ending this story has. And it's typical of ministry with the Navajo. There are some good things. There are some bad things. And um, we will just have to wait and see what God's going to do. As you think about us, as we minister with the Navajos, here's three prayer requests that I'd like to have that you can remember. Number one, we need two teachers for this year. That's why we were thinking about taking some people back with us. Um, We are involved in spiritual warfare. And the teachers are a second-grade teacher and a fourth-grade teacher. So if you um, know a second-grade teacher or a fourth-grade teacher, send them our way. Um, And as we talked about the spiritual warfare... So please remember to pray for us to have victory in spiritual warfare. Satan is alive and well. And we could tell lots of stories about some of the things that are happening there. And um, finally, this year, the president, the Navajo Nation president is a Christian. And, um, and the vice president. And there's an election this year. And we would be delighted if we could get someone who is going to come and going to... Um, Be another Christian president. And so pray for that. That has some serious implications. If a traditional president who is opposed to the gospel gets in, um, we will not have some of the freedoms that we currently have. And so if you can remember to pray for those things, you know, we would be delighted. And so the other thing is that you can do, not only will you pray for us, and I don't have a slide for this, but come. Come and visit us. We would be delighted. And to see you personally and also you know what we have teams that come through all year i would be ecstatic if we could have a a team from waldorf from here come and be part of it from grace could be high school kids who are coming to work could be retired people (laughs) who are sitting around drinking coffee Guys, come for a week. Come for a couple weeks. There's tons of building projects there. We have all of these engineers in here and all of these builders in here and all of these management people in in here. Come for a couple weeks and do something useful and see a little bit about the Navajo Nation. And maybe some of you want to come a little bit longer. We need a a business manager. We need someone to be um, the organizational person in our mission. And so... Those are opportunities that you would have for somebody to come and join that. So come. Pray for us. Come. And, um, and I just want to thank you for participating with us as we work with the Navajo people. The Navajo people, we want to praise God. Um, the Mission Bulletin Board, yeah, it's out there, right? The Mission Bulletin Board that's right out there is a great testimony of this church's desire... to let all of the nations rejoice... and let all of the nations learn of Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to keep doing that, okay? Keep your focus. And over the last few years, Roger and Sarah... I'm Roger, she's Sarah... have have been on a grand and glorious adventure. God has worked things, moved things around... And our grand and glorious adventure is to be doing kingdom work. We see God working, but not without difficulties. Not without discouragement. Not without hard places. But we stay focused on the task at hand. And here's for you guys. God is sending you on a grand and glorious mission at this point in time. You're going to be looking for a new pastor. And that is a grand and glorious mission. It's a grand and glorious adventure for you as you continue to do kingdom work. God has a plan for this church. Over the next few months, guess what? Just like with us, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be difficulties. And you know what? To be honest, there's going to be discouragement. At times, there will be discouragement. And there's going to be hard places. Yes, there's going to be hard times. But let me encourage you. Be of one mind. Trust in Him. Stay focused on the task at hand so that all the peoples of Waldorf And through this church, all the peoples of the world will praise him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your desire that all the world will know you and praise you. And Lord, I pray for this church. I pray for grace right here, right now. That you would work here in the midst of this church... And Father, specifically for the pastor and the search that's going on, we ask that you would work in a special way. Father, do not let discouragement, do not let the hard times keep us from our focus on you. And Lord, this morning we lift up the Navajo Nation. Oh Lord, there are so many needs. The only way that things will change is through your power. So we pray that your power will be poured out on those people so that they may join us in
2: worshiping you and praising your name. Amen.